Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Their apologies are completely meaningless. And you should, you know, definitely take them with a grain of salt because it's a lie that they want you to believe that's just crap, right? Narcissists are liars. That's what they are. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Now, if you're dealing with a narcissist, which you obviously must be, or you wouldn't be here watching these videos, then you're dealing with a liar. Because they are one and the same. Narcissists are liars. If you're dealing with a narcissist, you're dealing with a liar. That's just one of those things that can't be pulled out of their personality. They just feel like they have to lie all the time to survive. Because remember, just to give you a little primer on narcissism, a little narcissism 101, narcissists have no inner sense of value. They have to get all their value from the external. And so they get that in the form of supply, which is their lifeblood, their food source. And supply can be money and prestige and compliments, but supply is also controlling and devaluing people and gaslighting people and things like that. But they feel like they have to manipulate all the time. They're master manipulators, but the reason why they're master manipulators is because something happened with them when they were children, and they were traumatized in some way, and they drew this conclusion that in order for them to survive in the world, they have to manipulate the world. They, they just don't believe that they can just get something by just asking for it, by just being normal, by just being reasonable the way we all, the rest of the world acts. So they, they feel like they have to grasp onto whatever they can to in the world, and they feel like they have to manipulate that. And so a big part of that is lying. And they'll lie about all sorts of things, which is the kind of crazy thing, because they'll even lie about things that are readily verifiable that down the road, it's, it's going to be pretty obvious that they've lied. And so it's pretty easy to catch them in a lie. So let's talk about the kinds of things that narcissists lie about. So one of the things that they'll lie about is they'll say, I promise. I promise that I'll take care of this. I promise that I'll do this. I promise that I'll be faithful to you. I promise that I will show up on time. I promise. I promise. I promise. And then they don't end up doing what they say they're going to do, or they they don't show up and then they lie about what they were doing instead, or they 
they try to get out of it in some way and they feel like they have to lie about it. So that's number one. They say, I promise. The second type of lie that they'll tell you is it's not my fault. So they'll say, you know, yeah, that happened, but it wasn't my fault and here's why. So you'll hear that kind of lie all the time as well. The third type of lie that you'll hear is don't worry. And, you know, they're supposed to make you feel better because they say, don't worry, you know, they're on top of it, they'll take care of it, whatever, and then they don't end up doing it. That's another type of lie that you'll hear. Another way that they lie is gaslighting. Gaslighting is a huge biggie for narcissists. And if you want to know more about gaslighting, check out my video on gaslighting techniques. And we will definitely drop a link to that below as well. But gaslighting is, in short, just a way of of making you think that you're crazy. So they'll say, oh, we talked about that. Don't you remember? You agreed. Or, oh, that's not how that went. Or, oh, no, this is how that went. Don't you remember? And, you know, they just are, are saying things to you that are just not true to manipulate your thought process so that you start to think that you're paranoid or that the problem is with you. So gaslighting is another big form of lying that they engage in. What happens when you catch a narcissist in a lie? If you confront them, what are they going to do? Deny, deflect, devalue, and dismiss. Those are the four Ds, and we're going to go through each one of those. So deny. It wasn't me. I didn't do that. That didn't happen that way. Nope. Nope. Denied. Okay, so that one's pretty easy to understand. They deny it. Number two is deflect. Oh, it it was you, or it was this person, or it was some other reason that it happened that way. It was because this happened. It was because I couldn't get there on time. It was because this person dropped the ball. It was because whatever. They're deflecting it onto someone else. It wasn't their responsibility. Somebody else had the problem or someone or something else was the problem. Number three is devalue. Now it's your fault. You were the problem. You're the one. You caused it. It's because of your mistakes. It's because you were too difficult. It was because you weren't good enough. It was because you said something wrong. It was because you did something wrong. It's because you didn't do something right. It's because you did do something that you weren't supposed to do. Whatever. They're going to devalue you. It was, it was your problem or, 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 something that you did that was wrong. And if you want to know more about devaluing, you should check out my video on narcissistic devaluing because it's actually one of the stages in a narcissistic relationship, love bombing, devaluing, and discarding. So devaluing is a huge part of a narcissistic relationship. And number four is dismiss. They'll just dismiss it. Oh, it didn't really matter. Oh, can't we just move on? Oh, let's just not even think about it anymore. Let's just forget about it. So it's just like it swept under the rug and it's just dismissed. So even if it, was, if it was something super hurtful to you, your feelings aren't going to be acknowledged. They're not going to apologize to you. They're just going to say, oh, too bad and keep going. So just remember, if you catch a narcissist in a lie, the last thing that you're going to get is, oh, you're right. I 
shouldn't have said that, or you're right, I wasn't truthful, or I, I apologize. I'm sure I hurt your feelings. I'm sure that that was awful for you. You know, those kinds of responses are not going to happen. You're not going to be acknowledged for, you know, whatever they put you through. It's, it's going to be some version of devalue, deflect, dismiss, or, or deny. You know, it's going to be one of those four things. It's not going to have anything to do with them. And the reason why is because they can't have it take away their sense of self. You know, they just, they have so little sense of self that, that any amount of taking responsibility for their actions to them is almost like dying inside. It's like, it's like survival. So you're not going to see them take responsibility for those lies. They're, they're just going to figure out some way that it's not going to get pinned onto that. And I have helped so many people get out of these relationships and into the lives that they want. And I want to help you too. And I've seen all the lies that narcissists tell, all of them. And I know the eight worst lies that narcissists want you to believe. And I'm going to share them with you here in this video. And I'm going to go through them, the the worst ones to the, the most heinous ones in this video. So watch all the way till the end here so that you can know what the worst ones are. Okay, so let's go through them now. The eighth worst one, we'll just go like eighth to, to first, right? Is I'm not really like this, right? That's one of the things that they'll say, I'm not really like this. Now, you know that they're actually really like that, right? And they'll often try to gaslight you by telling you that they're not normally like this. You know, they'll, they'll have a tantrum or they'll go crazy or they'll treat people poorly or they'll do things that are awful and, you know, or, or they're, they'll be doing things that are horrible for a while or they'll be super depressed or whatever it is. They'll just say, that they're going through a phase, that they're under a lot of stress, that it's somebody else's fault, that it's because of the things that they're going through at work, that that they're acting crazy because of their ex or whatever it is. But they'll say that they're not really like this, especially if it's early on in the relationship, because they'll let you know that it's it, you know it's just something that they're dealing with right now. The truth is that they're very much like that. The truth is that they're actually way worse than what they're showing you most of the time. And that, you know, they're only revealing a little piece of the way that they really are. So that's the uh, one of the lies that they want you to believe. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly 
exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash best life, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The next one is that they'll let you know one of the lies that they'll tell that they want you to believe. And this is a lie about you is that you are the one that's overreacting. So that it's your behavior and not theirs. So this is a massive gaslight, by the way, massive gaslight. They'll say things like you're overreacting when you haven't even raised your voice yet. You know, uh, I didn't mean to hurt you or it's not a big deal. Stop making such a big deal out of things or, you know, you're being oversensitive or, you know, the truth is that their behavior is a big deal. The truth is that what they did was really horrible. You know, they can be as awful as possible and they'll say you're overreacting, you know, they will have treated you in a heinous, horrible way. And you can be hurt and feeling horrible. And they'll say you're overreacting. You can have found text messages or photographs or seen them with other people or whatever. And they'll say you're overreacting. So those are the types of things that they will say, you know, but that's a massive gaslight, you know, basically erasing your feelings, telling you that the way that you feel is not okay. So that's a a massive lie. Another lie that narcissists want you to believe. The next lie that narcissists want you to believe is, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. They are never sorry and they always mean it. So it's a, you know, faux apology. I call them narcissist faux apologies. They will usually not apologize for their behavior. But if they do apologize for their behavior, it's only because they're trying to manipulate you into something else. Remember, everything that a narcissist does is a manipulation. So if they 
do apologize, it's because they are trying to future fake you. They're trying to get you to do something. They're, you know, not going to ever undo that behavior that they did. They will definitely do it again in the future. So whatever it is that they did, let's say they called you a name, they will definitely call you that name again in the future. Let's say that they, you know, whatever it is that they did, they cheated on you. You know, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. They will definitely cheat on you again. So, you know, they interrupted you when you were talking. Oh, that was horrible. I shouldn't have interrupted you. They will definitely interrupt you again when they were when you're talking so their apologies are completely meaningless and you should you know definitely take them with a grain of salt because it's a lie that they want you to believe that's just crap right narcissists are liars that's what they are okay the next lie that they want you to believe is that it's all your fault. For example, they might get fired from work or that they have poor performance at work or something like that. They will want you to believe that that's all your fault because you were, you know, giving them lots of stress. And because of so much stress at home, they can't perform at work. And therefore, that's your fault because they're making lots and lots of mistakes at work or something like that. You know, they aren't making the sales at work that they're supposed to be making. That's your fault. You know, anything that happens bad in their life, they'll say that it's your fault. They got super angry and did something that they weren't supposed to have done hit walls, drove too fast, whatever, got got a speeding ticket, that's your fault. They will cheat on you and say that was your fault. I ended up having to cheat on you because you weren't a good spouse. If you had been nicer to me, if you had been more attentive to me, I wouldn't have cheated on you. So therefore, that's your fault. That's a lie that narcissists want you to believe. The truth is, had they had more integrity, had they been a better person, they wouldn't have needed to cheat on you. You know, if you had just done what I wanted, I wouldn't have had to hit you. That is, again, you know, a lie they want you to believe. The truth is their behavior is their fault. They need to take responsibility for their own behavior, just as you have to take responsibility for your own behavior, okay? It's a lie that narcissists want you to believe. The next lie that narcissists want you to believe is that you are being too sensitive. Again, narcissists will invalidate your feelings. They will tell you that you are being too sensitive. And by the way, they are ridiculously oversensitive. I mean, you can say something that's completely innocuous and they'll say that you slighted them in some way that you had some crazy tone. And I always joke that narcissists hear tones like dogs hear whistles. Like even if there's no tone, 
They hear tone and you think, I didn't have anything with tone. They'll tell you that you were shouting and you didn't even shout. And they'll say, you're delusional. You were shouting. They'll start shouting at you and you'll say, please don't raise your voice. And they'll say, I was just matching your tone and you didn't shout ever at all. But you know, you can't ever shout. They'll tell you you're being too sensitive when they're the ones who are ridiculously sensitive. When they said something that was horrible to you, you know, like you have a a massively huge behind or something and you'll say, please don't say that. And you'll say, oh, I was just, it was just a joke. Stop being so sensitive. It was just a joke. Ha, 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 ha. They add like ha to the end of a sentence and that's supposed to be funny. You know, you get, you, you can't take a joke. Come on. And, you know, I've actually heard teenage girls with their boyfriends say things like, oh, that's just a joke that we have between us. They'll actually, you know, go along with it and and say that it's okay. Don't do that. Don't say that it's okay. Don't gaslight yourself. Those are red flags. These are lies that narcissists want you to believe. If if it's hurtful, then it's hurtful. It's not okay if you're being disrespected, okay? You're not being too sensitive. They are being hurtful. So don't allow your feelings to be invalidated. You know, jokes at your expense are not funny, you know? When they say you're too sensitive, you know, that's not true. Don't use jokes or things like that to, as an excuse to invalidate your feelings. And when they say things like, you know, uh, oh, my attempt at humor, you know, I'm sorry for my attempt at humor or something like that. That's not an apology. That's not an apology. You know, an apology is, I shouldn't have said that. That was disrespectful, period. So you're being too sensitive is a lie that narcissists want you to believe. Liars, they are liars. These are lies that narcissists want you to believe, right? Lies that narcissists want you to believe, all right? So the next lie that narcissists want you to believe is that you are imagining things. So huge, so huge. I actually had a client in my law practice watch her husband. She followed her husband with a woman all the way to a hotel, go into the hotel. They stayed in the hotel for a couple of hours. She sat in the car, watched her husband and the woman come out of the hotel, told the husband that she saw the woman and him go into the hotel, stay in the hotel, go out of the hotel. And then the hotel, the, the husband said, you're imagining things that didn't happen, that they did go in there, but they didn't do anything in the hotel, but talk. That's all they did was talk while they sat in the hotel room. And she said, okay, that she believed him. I'm telling you that that is a massive gaslight. And 
These are lies that narcissists want you to believe. Uh, You're imagining things that didn't happen. You're mistaken. I would never do that. The narcissist gaslights you into doubting your own reality. That's what they do. So, you know, and when it happens over and over and over again, you start to believe these things. You start to believe that you're crazy. And I think that you have to just start remembering, you have to start to push back on yourself and go, no, that is not true. That is, your reality is different than mine. We see things differently. That is not how it happened. That is not what I'm seeing. All right. So that is another common lie that narcissists want you to believe. You're imagining things. Another lie that narcissists want you to believe is it's not a big deal. It is not a big deal. The narcissist will try to downplay the severity of their hurtful behavior by telling you that things are not a big deal. They might say something like, it's not a big deal if I cheat on you because I love you. The other person didn't mean anything to me. You're the one that means everything to me. The other one, it was just sex. You are the one that I love. So it's not a big deal. Um, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And that's, so that's a lie that they want you to believe. Oh, you know what? It's not a big deal if, you know, I made a big mistake at work. You know, we lost some money. It's not a big deal because I can get it back. You know what? It is a big deal because it's an integrity issue. You know, they get you to not focus on what is the problem. These are lies that they want you to believe. And they don't want you to see the truth. The truth is that their behavior is not acceptable. That's the truth. So it is a big deal. So these are lies that the narcissist wants you to believe. And the last one is the biggest one and the most important one here. And that is the final lie, the biggest, the hairiest, the scariest lie that the narcissist wants you to believe. And this is the one when you're trying to leave, you're trying to get out the door, you're trying to discard, you're trying to finally escape, your hair is on fire, you're like in survival mode. It's like, let me get out of here. And that is, the narcissist will say, I'll change. I can change. You'll see. It will all be different. That is a massive lie. It is a future fake. They will promise. They will promise to do anything. They will promise to be better in the future. You'll see. I know I've been acting this way. I will, you'll see the better version and they'll be better for a little while, which tells you, by the way, that they know how they're supposed to be. They know how they're supposed to act. They know that their behavior is wrong, but it won't last. It'll only last for a little short period of time and then it'll start to come back. They will never keep their promises. They will start acting the way that they were before, only it'll be worse. It'll end up being worse and it will be, you know, so much more 
heinous than it ever was in the past. The narcissists aren't capable of change and it's going to end up being spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. So know that narcissists can't change. That is the worst lie of all, the worst lie of all, right? So let's jump right into the eight comments that reveal a narcissist dishonesty, all right? So the very first one are self-praising comments. Narcissists often use comments to, to praise themselves, to seek validation, to, to seek admiration from others. So these often reveal their deep need for constant affirmation and their beliefs that they are superior to other people. So they might say things like, wow, I'm just so great. And they might even say, haha, just kidding. But they aren't really just kidding. And they might say things like this in a way that it makes it appear like they're sort of just not really being serious, but they are sort of being serious. They're trying to get people to notice them where they're, they're trying to get people to compliment them. They use comments to excessively praise themselves and seek validation and admiration from others. The second one is the deflecting comment where they are avoiding taking responsibility for their actions by directing the focus onto others or external factors. So they're refusing to acknowledge their mistakes and instead blaming others to protect their fragile egos. So this might look like or show up like, I failed the project because my team members didn't support me. It's their fault, not mine. Or I wouldn't have lied to you, but you know, you pushed me into a corner with your questions. It was your fault that I had to do what I had to do, not taking responsibility for their own actions. That's number two. The next one is the gaslighter comment, the gaslighting comment. This is a person who is constantly manipulating others by denying or distorting reality, trying to make the other person feel like they're crazy by saying things that distort reality, either completely distorting reality by just flat out lying about what happened or making them doubt their own perceptions of reality. We talked about that and you agreed to it, don't you remember? And you know that that conversation never took place or they might twist what actually happened or twist the, tr- the truth, try to create confusion. This is all trying to, trying to destabilize the person or just trying to project and deflect. You're overreacting. I never said that. You're too sensitive. You're misunderstanding. You're just being paranoid. I could go on and on, but you get the idea. So that's the next comment that reveals a narcissist dishonesty. I know you guys have seen some of these so far. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash negotiate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next one is the invalidating comment. The way this shows up is a narcissist who undermines other people's feelings or experiences by, you know, to maintain control and diminish their self-esteem. They invalidate the emotions of others because they cannot empathize with them. They either can't process it, or they don't want to have to deal with it, they don't have the patience for it, or they just can't. So they just say, you're making too much of it, you're making too much of a big deal about it, you're too sensitive, you're overly dramatic, it's not that serious, that sort of thing. So they just completely invalidate what the other person is saying. That's the invalidating comment. So, and and by the way, if you are dealing with something like that, where your feelings just aren't heard, that is so painful. That's where you really need to have the support system around you. If you don't have a support system, if you if you feel isolated, if you feel like you don't have other people around you who understand what it is that you're dealing with, or even if you do, but you want to connect with more people, I definitely suggest that you come join my free private Facebook group, Narcissist Negotiators with Rebecca Zong. Come join us. You know, there, there's a lot of people in there who are having discussions every single day. And also, if you need access to therapy and you don't have it, I have a sponsor on this channel, which is BetterHelp, and you can access that through betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zong. It is a sponsor for me, which means that we receive commissions on it. It doesn't cost you any extra. It's access to help and support that you can trust. The next one is the passive aggressive comment. I think passive aggressiveness is like one of the worst ones. It's such so cowardly. You know, you see this a lot of times from covert narcissists. Covert narcissists are just like the worst ones in some ways to me. There's very indirect, sarcastic comments. You know, it's a way to express hostility without appearing overly aggressive. So they they kind of provoke you and revel in power in a way. It's like a little jab, way to manipulate you, 
covertly. It's sort of like, oh, it must be nice to have all this time in the world to waste. I wish I had time to just work on things all day. Do whatever you'd like. You know, I'll just clean up after you. It's so very, very passive aggressive. They're not honest about the fact that they don't really like you or they don't support you. So that's Number five. Number six is the attention-seeking comment. They're trying to get attention from you or from others. And so they feel like they want to be the source of attention and they will do anything they can to get back into that spot. Like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, it's always about me. Oh, I'm feeling so down today. They, they like they posted on Facebook and I've been sick for so long. I can't believe everybody is talking about me still. They act like they don't want everybody to be talking about them, but obviously they're posting it all over social media. And so obviously they do want people to be talking about them. It's like they're trying to get the attention of people on this sort of thing. All right. So that's number six. And then number seven is the victim card comment, especially covert narcissists. They love to play that victim because they want people to support them and they, they love to use this tactic to avoid accountability and gain further control over others. Nobody really cares about me. Oh, everybody's here to get me. I just always get the short end of the stick. Oh, don't worry about me. I'll just sit over here. I don't mind being alone. Or, you know, the world is conspiring against me. That's number seven. Number eight is the entitlement comment. All narcissists feel like they are entitled. So they believe that they deserve special attention, special treatment, special privileges. They express it in their comments, feel entitled, and they should have unwavering admiration, unwavering support from everyone around them. Why am I not getting the special treatment? Why aren't my kids paying for my flight? They should be paying for my flight to come for the holidays. Why should I have to pay for myself? I deserve the best of everything. I'm exceptional. I'm unique. Basically, I deserve the best. People should pander to me kind of an attitude. That's the entitlement comment. All right. So let's dive into four ways of how narcissists build trust. Number one, They play on your emotions. They know what to do to read you. They don't, they don't feel anything for your emotions, but they know how to act like they feel for your emotions. So they start off by conditioning you. They start off by reading you. They start off by love bombing you. This is whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship. By the way, I was in a business relationship with a narcissist and they are chameleons. They know how to read you. They know how to become exactly what it is that you want. They're actually kind of becoming you in a way, right? Experts at becoming exactly what it is that you would want. So they make you feel like you are the most special, incredible, amazing human being on the planet. They they say all the right things. They make you feel like 
oh my gosh, the the stars have aligned. They rock your world. You know, soulmates, where have you been? This is unbelievable. They may even tell you that they love you before your first date, even if they don't mean it. But they say all of these things to try to gain your trust. They know what to do to appear trustworthy from the beginning. So they may even withhold information. Of course, you know, they, they're not going to tell you the bad things about their past, for example. You know, a great example of this is that miniseries, Dirty John, which I don't know if any of you might have seen that or heard it. It was a podcast initially, and then it was developed into a miniseries. It was a true story. But, you know, that guy didn't tell the woman anything about his horrible past, where he had been in prison, all of these things. You know, they're not going to tell you anything that that might be bad because they want to gain your trust. They want to gain your confidence. You know, they take advantage of people. They use information that they've been told in confidence a lot of times. So, and lying, of course, they have no problem with that either, right? So they'll lie, they'll withhold information. They do whatever it is that they need to do to play on your emotions, charm, charisma, abounds. You know, a lot of times they're pretty smooth. That's number one. They play on your emotions. They love bum you. All right. So number two, second way that they build trust is they will make great first impressions. You know, once again, they will show up exactly the way that you present themselves the way you want them to. Because again, they're really excellent at reading people. They've been doing this as a survival skill since the beginning of time, since they knew that this was something that they were going to have to do at the beginning. They'll be punctual if they usually are very well-dressed, very well-groomed. They know that first impressions are really important. So they start to build trust that way. Now, this doesn't last very long because as soon as they've locked you in, as soon as they get to the next level, they don't respect your time at all. They'll start being late. They'll start being like, oh, you're so needy, you know, all of that sort of thing. But in the beginning, right away, they make really great first impressions. They tell you how much they respect your time. They tell you how much they love your company. They tell you all of the right things, right? super prepared. They'll even tell you being prepared is key. They'll even tell you how much integrity they have. They'll use words like integrity. You know, they know how to be one step ahead. They'll show you how organized they are. All of those things, they'll do that to build trust. Again, it won't last because as soon as they lock you in and as soon as they get to that next step, you know, they, they won't continue to do that. And especially the covert narcissist, as soon as they get to that next step, one of the things they do become is very passive aggressive. And, you know, I saw this in my business relationship with a covert narcissist. You know, they'd agree to do things and then just not do them. 
you know, that's a passive aggressive move, right? But great first impressions, great first impressions. Number three way that a narcissist builds trust is they're excellent liars. So they will lie about accomplishments, their intentions, their feelings, you know, great with future faking. So they'll have lots and lots of conversations about all the things that they want in the future. It'll be all the same things that you want. So they're building trust that way as well, because you think, wow, this is exactly the same kind of future that I want to have. I feel like this is an amazing person. And they do that, of course, to make themselves look better. Again, it's it's a manipulation because everything that a narcissist does is a manipulation. Everything a narcissist does is a manipulation. Every time they try to love bomb you, every time they apologize to you, every time they try to do something good for you, it's a manipulation. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, it is a spectrum. So obviously there are times that maybe they feel some twinge of something, but if they're full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, it's all a manipulation, okay? So number three is they're very good liars. That's the third way that narcissists build trust. So that's number three. Number four, this is the last way that we're going over today that narcissists build trust. It is that they're really, really good at reading people. Really, really good at reading people. And this is because this is a survival skill that they had to develop very, very young in life because they were exposed to a lot of trauma and they felt like they had to survive. And in order to survive, in order to be able to manipulate people, they had to develop the skill of reading people. And, you know, so I say to people all the time, Malcolm Gladwell talked about in his book, Outliers, that it takes 10,000 hours to achieve mastery. And I always say that 10,000 hours, if you're only doing it, putting in time for sleeping and eating and taking time off and having meals, and I guess I said eating already, but you know, having a little bit of a life or something, it's like four years, right? You know, like the Beatles spent four years in Germany before like they became famous. And that's why they were already at like mastery level when they, you know, became famous. And, you know, they they had all he had all these different examples in his book, right? Well, four years is nothing. You know, by the time a narcissist is an adult, they've been doing this forever. They've achieved mastery many, many years before that. So they're really excellent at reading people. They're really excellent at doing exactly what they need to do to future fake, to make the promises, to manipulate, to say what they need to to pretend like they have empathy, you know, all the things that they need to do to say so that they can present themselves, like I said, as a chameleon, as mirroring you, as becoming whatever it is that they need to become to build that trust with 
you, okay? So even though they have no intention of keeping their promises or whatever it is, they can make these huge grandiose promises because they had to keep them anyway, so who cares, right? But we as their targets, their victims, whatever, sometimes we just want to believe them so badly, especially if you're really attached to this person, you keep going back because you, 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 if you love them or you're in a relationship with them or you have a life with this person, you know, you're bonded, a lot of times trauma bonded, you think, hey, maybe it's this time is different, you know, and so you, you keep going back there. And so that's how they build trust. You know, a lot of times they use these tactics like guilt tripping and gaslighting, all the things, playing the victim all of that, right? But they are very, very good at reading people. So they do whatever they need to do to get people to do what they want them to. And then, you know, they push them away, push them away, push them away. And they'll even say, I don't want you anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then as you're finally, you had enough, they pull you back in pull you back in. So they're very, 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 very good at reading people. And that's how narcissists build trust. You know, they go hot and cold. It's so maddening. That's why you end up feeling completely drained. I've been there. That is why I'm on this mission. That is why I do what I do. It is literally the hardest, most horrible thing that you'll ever have to deal with in your life. And because I've been there, because I know how you you feel, because I know that you're completely and utterly drained, I want to help you. I want you to get the help and support that you so desperately need, especially if you're having to negotiate with a narcissist. You cannot negotiate with a narcissist as you would a regular reasonable person. You just simply can't. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zone. So what? We're all supposed to just scurry around and give in? The problem with that is that you're feeding a beast. They're never going to be happy because then what? You think, what is it that they want? I'll just give it to them and then they'll leave me alone. Have you tried that tactic? Do you see how it goes? Do you know where it gets you? Nowhere. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, Physically and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free from Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take 
Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. They're not standing in their power. They don't have that inner sense of feeling whole and complete, like that oak tree that just stands, that just moves with the wind, but really stays rooted and grounded. I mean, you know, it's like if somebody calls you a name or whatever, and you, you know, if you know that that's not what you are, it just bounces off of you. But they they take it all on because they're, they have no sense of self. And now we return to today's show. It's no secret that narcissists are pathological liars and that they're gaslighting all the time. And why do they do that? Because they have no sense of self. They don't feel any internal sense of value. So they have to suck all their value from the people and environment around them. And they do that by pathologically lying and doing things that they need to do in order to control people. And, you know, they have all kinds of favorite control tactics and manipulation tactics. And if you want to know what their favorite manipulation and punishment tactics are, check out my video on the narcissist's favorite manipulation and punishment tactics. But there are many, 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 too many to really encompass all in one video, which is why I have an entire channel devoted to this particular topic, which also is devoted to help give you step-by-step guidance on how to get out of these relationships. I've seen it so much in my law practice. I've had to deal with them in my personal life. You know, they get narcissistic supply by anything that feeds their ego, which you know, could be anything that feeds anybody's ego, like compliments and respect and things like that. But most often where they get their supply is by the things that they do, by lying, manipulating, intimidating, making people feel afraid, um, gaslighting, smear campaigns, all of those things that they do. And lying is one of the things that they do because they don't want you to see what you're thinking, what you think you're seeing, which is that this person is a liar, that this person is not who they say they are. So this, it's this constant game of, of smoke and mirrors to try to get you to not see what they don't want you to see, which is that inside they're a scared little creature that has no sense of self that you are actually the stronger one. You are actually the one that has more power, that has more value from from their perspective. I mean, all human beings have value, inherent value, but they don't feel it, and so they don't want you to feel it either. Uh, They are extremely petty, and they live in a world of scarcity, not abundance. And so... Lying is a way of life for them. Now, honestly, they lie about things that they don't even need to lie about, which is kind of crazy to me. And they also lie about things that aren't very easily verifiable sometimes. And then they 
tell you that you're not seeing what you're seeing, which is what gaslighting is. There are certain types of lies that they specifically say to you throughout your relationship. So these are kind of like the most common. I'm sure that there's a lot of others, but these are the most common. So the first one is, ironically and paradoxically, no one is more truthful than me. Uh, You're going to never find anyone who's more truthful, more honest, has more integrity than me. I always tell the truth. I always tell it like I see it. And they say it with such confidence that you believe them, at least early on. Um, My dad used to say, whatever you say, say it with authority and people will believe you. And narcissists have taken that to an extreme. So they say things, even though, you know, you see their lips moving and you know that you've seen a text message or uh, you've had a situation where you know that they're lying, you know that they're lying. Even if you specifically say, here's an email where you said this, it's very clear that you're lying. They'll say, no, I, that's not true. That's not how it went. That's not what's happening, um, which is a form of gaslighting, by the way. But the first thing that they will say is, no one is more truthful than I am. The second thing that they say is some form of, I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you. And if you want to know more about what a narcissist means when they say, I love you, and what they don't mean when they say, I love you, check out my video on what does a narcissist mean when they say, I love you. When they are saying, I love you, I care about you, I'm here for you, it's not that that's what they actually feel because true narcissists have no ability, no capacity to feel anything for anyone else. They don't, they just lack that synapse. It's like missing from their makeup, from their brain. It's just broken and it can't be fixed. They, they cannot truly love another person. They cannot truly care about another person. And they certainly don't want to be there for anybody else. They only want what they can get out of you. And so they will say these things sometimes to get you to do what they want you to do or think what you, they want you to think or get off of whatever it is that you're on them about just to, um, you know, say what they need to say. Sometimes it's a form of future faking. And if you want to know more about future faking, you should definitely check out my video on that. But, you know, they don't, they don't really love you. They don't, they're not really there for you and they don't care about you. And you can tell that because their actions speak louder than words, you know, try getting sick. And, and expecting a narcissist to actually care about you uh, and be there for you. I mean, if you're lucky, they just don't feel anything. Most of the time, what they really do is um, they, they resent you. They resent the fact that you might want care or attention or uh, some, something from them because that means that you're not paying attention to them. And there's not enough to go around in their world, you know, like they're very scarcity minded. So if you want something, that means they can't have it. The second thing is I love you. I care about you. I'm there for you.
The third one is I'm sorry or things will be different. And, you know, I call it narcissist faux apologies. Uh, And if you want to know more about, uh, you know, what a faux apology is, check out my video on what a narcissist really is doing when they say I'm sorry. But most of the time, narcissists really don't even say sorry. But if they do, it's definitely to manipulate you to try to get something out of you. It might just be lip service and because it's in front of somebody and they want the person that the third party to see it it may be just to shut you up it, it, it may be kind of even more like a, um, a sarcastic apology. I'm sorry that I couldn't be better for you or something like that, but um, they really don't mean it. There's never any real remorse for their actions. So when they say I'm sorry, it's definitely a lie, unfortunately. So the fourth lie that they often tell is, I promise. I promise I'll do better. I promise that I will uh, be the most amazing spouse, husband, wife, business partner, mother, father, sister, brother, neighbor, whatever it is. Nobody is going to be better than me. I'm the best at whatever it is. So I promise that the way things are going to be are the most amazing things in the world. And again, this is a form of future faking. And it's basically a future that they know they're never going to... um, make good on. They're never going to follow through with these promises. And they just want to say whatever they want to say just to get you to do what they want you to do at that moment or or feel the way they want you to feel right at that moment, which is that they're wonderful. You're the one who has the problem or that, you know, however, whatever it is that you, you have a problem with them right now about, it's not going to be that way in the future. So just like, you know, get off of it. Let's just deflect it, deny it, move on. Uh, so I promise that's the fourth lie that you often hear from a narcissist. And the last common lie that you often hear from a narcissist is it's not my fault. I didn't do it. Or if I did, it was because somebody else had a problem. Somebody else didn't follow through on what they were supposed to do. Uh, it's your fault. You know, I could have done it except for you getting in my way. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's not their fault. Have you ever been ghosted or lied to and you're just feeling so awful inside and you're sitting there and you're feeling like so defeated and you're wondering, should you try to go back to this person? Maybe you're you're wondering if the person is, is gone or the person is still in your life and still just treating you really poorly. And you're wondering if you should just keep them in your life. They've betrayed you. They've treated you badly. Maybe they're sort of in and out of your life and they're not good for you. And you're wondering if what you should do about it and or they're just gone. 
and you're wondering what whatever happened to them. You're just feeling really, really crappy about it. And you're feeling like, you know, what did you do? And maybe you're just feeling like you're a bad person. There's something wrong with you. And you just can't trust again. And there's all kinds of stuff that you're feeling. And you're wondering, how do you stop feeling defeated? How do you stop feeling like, you know, it was you or, or all these bad feelings are going through your head? And there's a couple of things I want you to know. First of all, I want you to think about the fact that it was not you. If you're dealing with a narcissist, if you're dealing with a bad person, consider the source. I mean, my dad used to say, consider the source, consider the source all the time. You know, one of my favorite books on the planet is The Four Agreements. And if you haven't read that book, you need to go get that book. It's a tiny little book. It's something you can read in an afternoon, a couple of hours. It's four agreements that you make with yourself. And one of the agreements is never take anything personally because people treat other people is always a reflection of the way they feel about themselves, good or bad. I mean, if people treat other people well, it's because they feel good about themselves inside. So if they're acting out of love, then they're not, they won't have treated you poorly in the first place. I mean, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, then they'll just straight up tell you, I don't want to be with you and here's why and that sort of thing. If somebody has ghosted you, They've honestly, they've given you a gift because they've told you what kind of person they are. They've given you a gift. Honestly, if they had stayed around in your life, they would have just been causing you more and more misery all the time. So they've truly given you a gift because they've now left a space for somebody wonderful to be in your life. You don't need that type of person in your life. You want that space to be open for a good person to be in your life. You had it confirmed that that person is not a good person. And you know the the thing that I've learned is that the closure that you're going to get is that you have to do your own closure. You have to learn how to do your own closure for yourself. I learned how to do that on my own after I dealt with a narcissist in my own life. And you can't sit there clinging on to a person who didn't want you. I mean, I I used to say to people all the time, why do you want to be with a person who doesn't want to be with you? There's no power in that. There's certainly no power in wanting to be with a person who doesn't want to be with you. There's certain ways to get a narcissist to respect you, and that is definitely not one of them. By the way, I did a whole video on the only way to get a narcissist to respect you, and you can definitely check that out if you want to if you want to check that out. But that's definitely not the way to get a narcissist to respect you. You want to be in your own power. And and one of the ways to do that is to be with a person who definitely wants to be with you. And you deserve that. Feel that. Feel that you know that in yourselves. And remember what Maya Angelou said when she said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. She was so right about that. People will show you who they are. And you, you set the bar. 
for how people treat you. You show them. You don't get your goals, you get your standards. You condition people on how to treat you and people will treat you accordingly. So when someone shows you how they treat you, their words don't matter. Their actions matter. So I mean, they can say all kinds of things and love you or they don't, whatever, but it's their actions that actually matter. And they will demonstrate to you how it is that they actually are treating you. And you deserve so much more than that. So don't worry about closure. Don't try to get them to explain what they were doing or don't you try to explain. Don't try to get them to acknowledge your actions. None of that. It's not going to happen. You're never going to get that kind of closure. Just move forward. Find yourself. Find your power in yourself. Just remember that if they've moved on, they gave you a gift. They gave you a gift of showing you who they actually are to say, I know my value. Just start feeling that, start feeling that power and pay attention to your gut. You know, I mean, if somebody is really there for you, you'll feel it. You'll know it. Your vibrational energy knows it. It knows it on a cellular level and you will be able to tell if they are actually there for you. So if you've been ghosted or lied to, you'll, you will know and don't allow it. Move forward, find the, the quality person. You know, I always say defend your light with your life. Find the high vibrational energy people, you know, be with people who want to be with you. That makes the difference in your life. Even if it's, you know, the five most quality people in the world, that will make a huge difference in the value of your life. Everyone else is telling you that negotiating with narcissists is a total waste of time, that you can't win. I know, I've heard it too, and I used to feel that way too. Ugh, that person's a narcissist. They are just, they come in, they take over, and I've seen it. I've seen it in mediations. I've seen the worst of them. Before I knew how to deal with them, I've seen the worst of them. I mean, I, I'm thinking about this one guy who came into a mediation, throwing things, I'm not settling. I'm not doing anything. You're doing this. You're doing that before we even start. This is how it's going to go. And they take over. This is the way it's happening. And so everyone else is telling you there's no way it's happening. You can't negotiate with narcissists. You can't communicate with narcissists. It's a total waste of time. So why bother? Why bother? But you know what? That that's terrorist tactics. That's terrorist tactics. So so what? We're all supposed to just scurry around and give in. The problem with that is that you're feeding a beast. They're never going to be happy because then what? You think what is it that they want? I'll just give it to them and then they'll leave me alone. Have you tried that tactic? Do you see how it goes? Do you know where it gets you? Nowhere. In fact, it's worse than nowhere. You end up in torture because they still don't give you what you want. You're not left alone. Your life is worse than ever. You're in this nightmare that never ends. 
And you're still living in fear. You're still being tortured constantly. And you think, why am I not out of this nightmare? Why am I not out of this nightmare? And I'm going to explain to you why the nightmare has not ended. Why you can't get out of it. Why it's not over. Because you don't understand what's actually going on. Yes, they want to win, but that's not all they want. You have to understand the concept of narcissistic supply. Narcissistic supply is anything that feeds a narcissist ego. And they want two different forms of narcissistic supply. There's what I refer to as diamond level supply, which is how they look to the world, which is prestigious friends, great houses, lots of money. It's that external stuff, right? But there's also what I refer to as coal level supply, which is the dark underbelly of narcissistic supply. It's that degrading, the manipulating, the controlling, the debasing others. It's that denigrating. That is also a form of narcissistic supply. And that form of narcissistic supply is a form that they also love, that manipulating other people. And they're not going to willingly give up either form of supply, either form. They want both. And the problem that most people have is they don't understand that. They, they're they just thinking they want to win. So they think, what is it that they want? I'll just give it to them and they'll leave me alone. So there's this huge myth out there that narcissists just want to win. What is it that they want? I'll just give it to them and they'll leave me alone. That beast will be fed. I'll be out of here. Let me go, right? And so what happens a lot of times is that people give up their leverage early on and they they think, okay, I'll show the narcissist how good I'm being, how generous I am. I'll give them this, this, and this. The narcissist just takes it. Take, 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 take. They think they're entitled to it anyway, so they don't think that you're being generous. They're just great. I, I was entitled to it anyway, so you didn't give me anything that that was wonderful. They don't acknowledge it and go, oh, thank you. That was so nice of you. Well, that was mine anyway. I should have had it. So you just gave something up. You gave up leverage that you should have kept in the first place. So now you're even more behind and you're still nowhere. There's still in your face, annoying you, manipulating you, harassing you, making your life miserable because they enjoy the process of seeing you squirm. They literally get off on that. The problem is the one hack to be narcissist is you have to understand that they're actually way more afraid of you than you are of them. So the more powerful that you become, the more that you understand 
that the less triggered you are, the more you shift that power dynamic, the less that they're going to have power over you. And that's the hack to beat narcissists. So step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. That's how you shift that power dynamic, by ignoring them and becoming the most powerful version of yourself. So it's my slay methodology, strategy, leverage, anticipate what they're going to do, be be two steps ahead of them, and then focus on you, your case, you being on the offensive, your mindset, 99% of winning, communicating with narcissists, any of that is focusing on your side of things. And winning is, is you showing up as the most powerful version of yourself. And then that is when the narcissist is going to go, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? I can't make them squirm anymore. They're not afraid of me anymore. Now I'm getting afraid. Now I'm nervous. What's happening? Because when you start shutting down that supply source, all the supply sources, that is how you beat them. That is how they start to get nervous. They don't know what to do with that. It's literally like that Wizard of Oz where you're pulling that curtain away from the feeble little man who's actually running the thing. You're figuring it out. So step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. There will always be narcissists in this world. They will always be toxic. The one that you're dealing with right now is the one that you're dealing with right now. But there's always going to be more that come along. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. There's 15% of the population. I mean, chances are there's going to be more. So the best way to handle them is for you to become the most powerful version of yourself and for you to realize that deep inside of your soul that you were meant for more, that you were meant to step inside your power and live to what God and the universe is creating for you to be which is the highest intentions for your soul and live to that because then no one can come near you. Not No narcissist can come near you then. No one can come near you. You're like an oak tree that just stands. And when the wind blows, you're not blowing with it because they don't define your worth. No one has the power to define your worth. You know, you can negotiate contracts, you can negotiate terms. What's not negotiable is your self-worth, is your self-respect. Those are the terms that are not negotiable. All right. So let's talk about ways to defeat that narcissist or the signs that you have defeated that narcissist. Actually, like, okay, you're negotiating with them and you're trying to figure out like how it's going. Are you close? Have you defeated them? Do you think that you're kind of on the way to defeating them? Because sometimes it's 
may be hard to tell because they don't want you to know, obviously. I mean, they want it to look like they're winning at all costs and at all times, and they're never going to let on. I mean, even if they're like losing badly and things aren't going their way and you're like showing them evidence that things aren't going their way, they're still going to say, I'm winning, I'm winning. It's going my way. It totally is. I mean, because that's how they've gotten along in life all along. You know, you can show them, hey, you know, look, these text messages show that you're cheating. And nope, that's not what that says. That's how they get along. And I mean, I was actually just talking to a one of my private clients recently, and she was telling me that she really appreciated one of my recent videos, which was four signs that the narcissist is losing control, which you can check out yourself if you'd like. And she said she loved that video because she was like, okay, like a lot of times, you know, she was saying, I'm afraid. I don't want them to lose control. I'm afraid of doing things that are going to make them lose control. I don't want that to happen. But actually, she could see that that meant that she was starting to get there, that she was starting to make headway, that she was starting to cover ground, that she was getting closer to her goal of where she wanted to be. So, so that it was actually okay that in this case, she was dealing with a husband, but you know, sometimes you're dealing with a business partner. I've actually dealt with quite a few situations where people are dealing with maybe a family member in a probate situation, something like that. But it's okay if they're actually starting to lose control because that means that they are showing signs of being defeated as well. And so you don't you don't necessarily need to fear that. And also remember that they have conditioned you. They have conditioned you to believe that they are winners, that you don't know what you're doing, that you don't know how to think, that they do, that they're smarter, that you can't trust your thoughts, that you can only trust what they think. They've really con- conditioned you to believe that. And a lot of times, you know, your thoughts, things that you think are actually your thoughts are actually thoughts that they have conditioned you to believe. Okay. So six signs that you're starting to defeat that narcissist. Number one is they're going to start love bombing you again. They're going to start coming back. So, you know, what happens is they start going back to that well of things that worked for them in the past. You know, they, they don't have a whole lot of tricks in their arsenal. They, they, they have their things that worked for them. So they go back to whatever it was that worked for them in the past. I mean, they're, they, they have these patterns, they have these playbooks that worked. And, and that's why, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, when you start to study what they're like, they're pretty predictable in the sense that you kind of can tell how they're going to behave, even though it's pretty awful, but you can pretty much tell how they're going to behave. So so they'll start off kind of small, you know, and then they'll kind of work up to the things that, you know, when it's really bad defeat. Okay. So, you know, the love bombing might start be the first kind of sign. Then the next thing is, okay, that didn't work. So let me go to the next thing. And that's when they start to get a little bit more desperate. So they start to flood you. 
They start to flood you with the text messages, show up at your house, show up at your office. You might start to see some crazy texts at this point. You might you might start to see some, you know, little undertones of not so nice uh, texts or maybe some even like threatening sort of language in the communications that you're receiving. So that, you know, it's starting to ramp up just slightly. You know, you're starting to feel that heat rise because they're starting to feel, you know, like it's coming. All right, so that's number two. Number three is they start saying and doing all sorts of weird things. Like this is where you start to see like where they kind of start to get like a little bit desperate, where they, they start to, you know, get a little bit crazy. And so sometimes you'll start to see them just say weird things like, okay, where did that come from? Okay. (laughs) They get a little bit outlandish sometimes. And so that's, you know, how it kind of starts. Like they kind of get, they get a little bit crazier, 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 crazier. And until they're just, you know, full crazy and into collapse and they've just become undone. And, you know, by the way, the mini series with Hugh Grant and doing great example of that whole thing. And I actually did a whole video on that if you want to check it out. Really great example of that whole thing. And so, okay, so those first three are all about them. It's all about the narcissist themselves. And so those are all signs that you've defeated the narcissist. And that's about the narcissist themselves. So the last three I want to kind of focus on signs you've defeated the narcissist. I want to focus on you, signs that you've defeated the narcissist, but focusing on you, because that's really when you know that you've defeated the narcissist, because you feel it on this side of the fence, all right? So number four is you know that you've defeated the narcissist because you're no longer emotionally triggered. It's like they say things that normally in the past would have gotten you all like upset. It's like, you know, Superman with the bullets that just pop off your chest or Wonder Woman, they just like went right off your wrist and you're like, did somebody say something? I thought I, thought I heard something, but nothing. I got nothing. It didn't even like phase me at all. Nothing. Like when you're not emotionally triggered by that at all, you know you've actually defeated the narcissist. Okay. That's number four. Number five is you get what you want. You get what you want in the negotiation, but you've taken your ego out of it. What do I mean by that? That means that you've ethically manipulated the manipulator. They think they've gotten away with something. You've let them on to believe that they won, that they got something out of you, and you actually manipulated them into taking exactly what you wanted them to take. So, and you do your best Meryl Streep or Al Pacino or whatever it is. And you went, oh my God, I can't believe this is all terrible, you know, whatever. And because you took your ego out of it, because you, you know what, they have to feel like they won. And that's how it goes. It's okay. It's fine. 
that's that's going to be how it is. You know, you have to let them think it's their idea or, or whatever it is. Okay, so that's number five. Number six, the last one is this is the best one, really, and that is you no longer have any fear. You no longer have any fear in interacting with them whatsoever. Not only it's no emotion, you have no fear in interacting with them. You receive emails from them, you see them, you talk to them, you have no fear. And I get so many emails from people who've done my programs, who've watched my videos, all the things that I've told you guys to do. And then you tell me that that's the miracle. Yeah, you've gotten the outcomes you wanted, all those things. But the miracle is that the fear has disappeared. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.